The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Hit Pastor Billy Han Jr and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. Our landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We begin the musical portion of our program by calling upon our church choir under the talented direction of Emilia Hahn to sing that spirited and glorious song of victory, Marching to Zion. 
On that day of victory, we will go forward, one with the other, to meet and greet our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Masuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Coming up next will be our energetic church band under my direction to play that inspiring and toe-tapping rendition of Jericho.
We now call upon our soloist Sherlyn Abing with a heartwarming rendition of Softly and Tenderly, containing a tender message from Jesus calling to one and all. Sherlyn will be accompanied by Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Iris Lock on the drums, Trustee Associate Pastor Evans, both Sr. and yours truly on the piano.
We call once more upon our church choir to sing their final number for today entitled, Lead On, O King Eternal. Join in and sing along with us using the words on your television screen. Coming up next will be our instrumentalist, Punahele Kapuni, to play on her auto harp, one of, the, of our all-time spirited favorites, No Not One.
The men crusaders blend their voices in praise of a leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus reminds us that he will never leave us nor forsake us as we move forward one with the other, fulfilling his will and his word. If there's a quest or a challenge to be met, he encourages each of us to call upon him for strength and not be afraid and to keep on the firing line. It is in an honor to dedicate this exhilarating song to Mr. and Mrs. Ryan and Felixine Grisaba. We pray the Lord will continue to shower his blessings upon you as you serve him in this life and that to come. God bless you. If you're in a battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die of fighting, it is no disgrace. A coward in the service, he will find no place. So keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, fight, be brave, hug and saw evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. God will only use the soldiers he can trust. Keep on the firing line. If you wear a crown, then bear the cross you must. Keep on the firing line. Life is but a labor for the master, dear. Help to banish evil and to spread good cheer. Great you'll be rewarded for your service here, so keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, fight, be brave, be brave hug against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just, just keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. Keep on the firing line. How we praise the Savior for the call we had. Keep on the firing line. When we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from their paths of sin. With a shout of welcome, we will all march in. So keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, fight, be brave, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, fight, be brave, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. Just keep on the firing line. Just keep on the firing line. Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services start on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches. Our services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esperi in Balogapi, Hawaiian, and by Pastor Vesper Esperi in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Belvin. Being located in the middle of the Pacific Ocean limits our ability to personally meet our whole services with you, our viewers across the ocean. We hope that our TV ministry is filling some of that void. Since the 1923 founding of the Apostolic Faith Church in Honolulu, its primary concern has been a God-given command, the salvation of souls in the name of Jesus. Therefore, it is also the main focus of our weekly telecast. I hope and pray that today's sermon, Launch Out Into the Deep, will accomplish exactly that. After all, salvation in the name of Jesus, of even one soul, causes all heaven to rejoice. Let's just imagine a typical scene which should include a beautiful seashore, Sand gleaming in the sun, water dark blue, sparkling against a light blue sky. Two fishing boats drawn up with sails tied down. Men on shore moving tiredly about, mending their nets. There is a multitude of people pressing to hear Jesus teaching from the ship. We find the Lord using Peter's boat as a pulpit. This separated him from the people, but placed him high enough so all could see. With water and wind behind him, 
a fader effect was created. Thus, his powerful voice projected well into the crowd. In all probability, the fishermen paused to listen. When Jesus stopped preaching, he spoke to one of them, Simon by name. We read in Luke, the fifth chapter, the fourth verse, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. These awesome words have been quoted often, preached and used for inspiration. This is a command that may have sounded foolish. Indeed, to a fisherman who had fished all night, Simon was the expert fisherman. Jesus of Nazareth was a carpenter. Reading the fifth verse, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, Peter was a very skilled fisherman. He had been raised on the Sea of Galilee, and he knew those waters as did a few other men. He knew and understood fishes. He knew their habits, their spawning beds, their feeding places. As Luke recorded the incident years later, he noted that Peter made excuses. Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. How easily we determine that God's commands are foolish without meaning and make no sense. And deep in our hearts, we begin to doubt and unbelief sets in. It seems to be our nature to make excuses. We only see from the human side, from the natural point of view. And so like Peter, we presumptuously tell Jesus just what the facts are. At this time, let me share an example of the parable of the marriage feast. The king sent forth his servants to invite the people to come to the wedding, for all things were ready, as we read in Matthew 22, 5. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And we have another example where a man made a great supper and invited many to come to the supper, for all things were ready. We read in Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 18 through 20. And they all with one consent began to make excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of grounds and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Please note that the excuses were possessions, business, and pleasures. There is no question in our everyday lives we are prone to make excuses. However, we still put forth our best efforts and say, Lord, we tried. We scoured the old places where those before us tried unsuccessfully to preach the gospel. And thus we conclude there are no souls to be saved in that area. However, did they give up too easily and fail to meet the challenge that was set before them? 
One day, Jesus instructed his disciples to go into the towns and the country round about and lodge and get food, for they were in a desert place. They had similar excuses too. Let us read in Luke the ninth chapter, verses 13 to 17. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so, and made them all sit down. Then he took five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled. And there was taken up of fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. In other words, the leftovers weren't wasted, but saved to be consumed another time. The bright spot in this story lies in the fact that Peter's faith followed on the very heels of his doubt. His faith might have been small, but there was something that the Lord saw in Peter. Reading Hebrews 11th chapter and the 6th verse, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh overcometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Sometimes this matter of faith is difficult to explain, but Paul tried to do so. Let us read in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith is simply taking God at his word. The famous honor rule of Old Testament persons who lived, endured, and died in the faith had from God the testimony that they were pleasing to him. It is important to remember that God has never had two ways of saving men. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yes, viewers, if you were to ask your friends or loved ones how to get to heaven, you would probably receive as many answers as the number of friends and relatives you ask. Someone would probably suggest that you should keep the golden rule. Someone else might say that you need to live up to the Ten Commandments. Others might advise you to pray or give to the church and to the poor or that you should just do the best you can. But when you are dealing with something as important as eternal life and heaven, you need more than just seek the opinions of friends. You need the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Read of such a truth in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In the seventh verse, it reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. That may sound strange to you. What does it mean? Let's look to the scriptures for an enlightening explanation. 
God's word is very realistic. It teaches that no one can gain entrance into heaven by good works or even religious practices. The Bible reveals one true condition. Read in Romans, the third chapter, verses 10 and 11. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understand it. There is none that seek it after God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are filthy rags in the sight of God, having broken his laws and not done our best. Separate from God and dead in our trespasses and sins, we cannot hope to enter heaven. We need new lives, cleansed from sin and its penalty. We must be born into a new life. We must be born again. Jesus came to bring us this new life. Read in John 10, 10. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Receiving the life that Jesus can give is what being born again is all about. You can be born again into the family of God by taking on the name of Jesus Christ as we read in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. One must be born of water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in water, and to be born of the Spirit is to speak in tongues or in an unknown language as cited in the Bible, for it is the only evidence which can verify one is receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As you read in Acts 2.4, and that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Yes, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is certainly something to see and hear. And why is the name of Jesus Christ so important? Acts 4.12 tells us, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is only one Savior for this lost and dying world, and his name is Jesus, the Almighty God. Therefore, the gospel is good news. Jesus saves. Jesus heals body and soul. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Jesus is coming soon and sooner than you think, television viewers. Now let's return to our message where Jesus saw something in Simon Peter. It was his faith. Faith can bring in unexpected miracles. Peter launched out and lowered his nets as you read in Luke 5, 67. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. This should remind us that ours, too, is the responsibility of launching out into the deep Doing what Jesus commands, not excuses, but action is what we need in today's world. There are three ways in which we can launch out. First is prayer. Too easily we forget the power of this mighty weapon. Reading Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 10th verse, and 7 to the 18 verses, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
That is, be strengthened daily in the Lord's strength. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Prayer is the strength of the gospel, and it's prayer that moves the arm of God, that moves the world. Secondly, we should get involved in the work of the Lord and make ourselves and resources ready for the Lord's service. We must have a willing heart and a willing mind. A rich young ruler had second thoughts when confronted by the Lord, who said, come and follow me. Give up all and give to the poor. Reading Luke 18, 23 and 27 verses. And when he had heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Jesus can take our resources and turn them into miracles. Whether we drop our nets in strange waters or turn a few pieces of bread and fishes into a feast for thousands or bring a soul to hear God's word. Thirdly, we must walk and live by faith. It is not enough to say, yes, Lord, I'm sure there are souls out there in the world. But Jesus wants us to launch out into the deep. He wants us to put our faith in action Read Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Thus, we find Jesus, the resurrected Lord, by the seashore, dining with his disciples and having fellowship with them. We also see him as he dealt with his chief disciple, Simon Peter. But his words were not only for Peter. They were meant for every true born-again Christian. Listen to the dialogue between Jesus and Peter. Jesus aimed the question directly at Peter's heart, as you find in John 21, 15. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Our Lord used a word indicating to love deeply. It was as though Jesus said, Do you really love me, Peter? That is very deeply. And Peter, remembering his denial of the Lord on the night of his arrest, only dared to say, Lord, thou knowest that I am very fond of thee. He was perhaps afraid to speak too strongly for fear that he might fail again. But the Lord Jesus showed how much he trusted Peter by instructing him to care for the young Christians the lambs, and the older ones, the sheep. The thrice-repeated questions, lovest thou me, suggest a tender allusion to the apostles' thrice-repeated denial. Jesus was not only our Savior, but a great psychologist as well. Perhaps Jesus really meant, after all that has happened, do you, that is referring to Peter, think your heart is better than the hearts of these others? Peter needs to know that his strong 
headedness and boasting had been sinful. He needed to feel in his heart that he was just as a poor, weak sinner after all. He needed to become more humble if he was going to become a faithful and fruitful servant. Don't we all need to learn the lesson of humility? God's greatest men were all there. They were willing to give God and others the credit and glory for all they had done. Jesus' question was a very simple one. Lovest thou me? We may know much, do much, talk much, work much, give much, and make a great show of what we are doing. However, without love, our faith can become like nothing more than the sounding of tinkling brass cymbals. Jesus said unto Peter, If you love me, feed my lambs. How could Peter feed the lambs? He could by simply giving them the precious word of God. In other words, he was to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is indeed the bread of life for starving souls. By lambs, he must have meant the least and the weakest in the flock. They must consume the milk of the word before they can digest the meat of the word. Reading Hebrews 5, verses 12 to 13. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Again, Jesus came back with the same question, Lovest thou me? And again, Peter said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. This time Jesus said, Feed my sheep. The word feed means literally shepherd my sheep. First, Peter was to feed the sheep on the word of God. Then he was to nurture, discipline, and develop them. Listen to Hebrews 5.14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If I asked you TV viewers the same question, do you love Jesus? Your answer would be, why certainly I love him. All right, viewers, then do something about it. You can't possibly love anyone without wanting to do something for him. Do you love Jesus? The least you can do is to come to church instead of sitting at home watching a television program, sporting event, or just sitting home doing nothing. Reading Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you love Jesus? Then why don't you give your talents, your time, your tithes and offerings to Him to be used in making Him known around the world? Why do you use for yourself that which really belongs to Him? I tell you, if every child of God loved Jesus, what a transformation we would see. People all over the world would come to see what true born-again Christians have here. Jesus assigned Peter to preach the gospel. The Lord informed Peter that life was not going to be a bed of roses for him. Troubles would beset him on every side, and he would finally meet a violent death. This all came to pass. He was crucified head downwards. Christ's servants never have an easy life. Not only are their lives filled with burdens, persecutions, mockings, scoffings and responsibilities such that no other men carry and which can never be laid aside, 
but they must also suffer criticisms and false accusations. But that's to be expected. More persecution, more power. Here's what Jesus said in John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. Peter once vowed that he would die a martyr's death. Jesus informed Peter thusly, that is exactly what is in store for you. We read in John 21, 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Peter became more knowledgeable of the fact we are safe in the arms of Jesus. This will just be God's way of taking us to a better land and a better life. We can glorify him by testifying to others of the comfort and grace that God is giving us by saying with David, I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Jesus urged and encouraged Peter with the words, follow me. Your fishing days are over. You have a more important task now. You are to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Peter replied, all right, Lord, I will follow you. But what about John? What is he going to do? Maybe Peter was just interested in the welfare of his friend, but Judging by the reply of Jesus, it seemed there must have been something wrong in this question. What is that to thee? Follow thou me, and I will make you fishers of men. It was Peter's business to follow Jesus and leave the future of others in God's hands. It doesn't matter what others do. It is a personal mission to follow Jesus and serve him. The issue is between the individual and God. The Bible tells us that every man must give an account of himself to God and not an account of someone else. Yes, TV viewers, you can't stand before God and say, Lord, I didn't do my part because someone else didn't either. The Lord would perhaps respond, what the others do doesn't excuse you. Follow thou me. The book of Acts tells us how faithfully Peter followed Jesus. He became not only the prince of the apostles, but a fiery preacher on the day of Pentecost, a leader in the first church, a man who never looked back, a man who loved his Savior unto the end. As Jesus tells us in Luke 9, 62, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Yes, it's worth all the trouble and persecution just to see Jesus in heaven and hear his voice. And may we serve him so well that at the end of the day, we have some trophies to lay at his feet. And now if you would like to know more about God's word and the church and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. 
Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We conclude our program with a vigorous selection by our church band titled, Are You Washed in the Blood?
program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.